Hey guys, I'm so excited to be doing this podcast episode. In this episode, I was interviewed by Nana on my entrepreneurship journey. I shared how one can earn thousands of dollars at the age of 16. And I kid you not, yes, the age of 16. And I shared my downfalls in my investing journey. And I also explained why there's never a better time to invest. Hey guys, it's good to see you all once again. Today, I have an interesting gentleman on the set. His name is Jonathan Anguishan, right? Yes. I pronounced it right. That's right. That's good. Now, let me tell you something about Jonathan. He's a very young gentleman. He's a full-time investor and the co-founder of 10X Capital, one of the active investing stock investing schools in Singapore. He's also the co-author of this book, Value Investing, Expanding Your Circle of Competence, which is 2009 Amazon bestseller. Jonathan has a passion of inspiring and teaching young people to take action in investing and has trained over a hundred people in investing. His influence extends beyond Singapore and is recognized internationally. So Jonathan, thank you for making time to meet yeah, me. Thanks for having me. I'm very glad to um, share about the investing experiences. Right, right. Yeah. And um, how has been your day? Uh, I think my day has been absolutely great. Um, in fact, this past few weeks has been, has been amazing for me. Uh, we've seen some very historical movements in the stock market. And I think anyone with the right knowledge can really um, make some fortune. Uh, and not overnight, obviously, right. um, but over the next five to 10 years. Right. Yeah, if they invest in high quality companies. You know, you know, reading reading about Jonathan, I was very inspired that he started at the age of eighteen in investing. You know, <laughs> which is pretty pretty good because most eighteen year olds will be watching Netflix or probably playing a uh, Game of Thrones. We didn't have Netflix back then. We <laughs> <laughs> sure there was some form of destruction. Yeah, at that time. So we want to ask Jonathan like what really um, inspired him to take up this journey as an investor or as an entrepreneur. Right, I think that's a really uh, great question. Um, I think back then for me, um, it was really circumstances in life that made me really want to hunger for money. I mean, to be frank, um, last time I was always like very money-minded. At the age of 16, I would work at a hotel as a banquet server. So I would work for like, maybe I'll start work at 9 o'clock and I'll, and I'll end work at maybe 3 o'clock at night. I'll stay in the hotel and work for the next day. Oh, man. Yeah, so I was like earning uh, $2,000 to $3,000. That was a lot for like a 16-year-old kid. And um, you know what really drove me was uh, when I was young, right? My, my dad was like, uh, there was a period where he, he was actually ill, so he couldn't go to work. Uh, he lost his uh, only source of income, which was uh, his job. And um, we didn't have like, uh, we, we didn't have money to pay the bills, okay. right? So the electricity at my house got cut off. Um, so at a young age, it, I knew the importance of money. And I knew that if you didn't have money, uh, life wasn't, wouldn't be so good. Right. Yeah, so I, my mom told me the standard thing, right? Mm. Which was that, you know, John, if you really want to do well in life, you had to study hard, mm. work hard, get yeah. a good job right. so that, you know, we, this, uh, whatever happened back then will not happen again. Right. And I followed my mom, right? So. When I was in secondary school, uh, I was always top 5-10% of my cohort. And because of that, um, the government gave him money. Oh, right? So yeah. we have like uh, this thing called uh, Edusave Scholarship. So I saw my rich friends who would always get uh, a few hundred dollars if they get A's. 
in the subject. And I thought to myself, like, but this is pretty unfair. Like, I also want my mom to give me like a few hundred dollars. So I was thinking really hard, like, you know, how, how can I get money? And that's where I realized that some of my friends who were in similar situations, they actually uh, did really well in their studies and they got money. And it's cohort cash, like, they really give you a check, right. which you can deposit in your bank. You can spend on anything you like. And back then, I really liked gaming. So I always um, make a point to work really hard throughout the year to get my scholarship money. And I use the money to play games. <laughs> <laughs> so back then, there was no Netflix. You know, so Counter-Strike, uh, I, I like uh, first-person shooter games. And so my friends knew that I was very, uh, I will say, financially motivated. Mm. Right? So when I was in uh, junior college, that was about uh, 17, 18 years old, um, my friend actually told me that there's an investing seminar that's going on. And I was really excited because, you know, like, I didn't know about stocks back then. And I just thought like, hey, you know, what if I can become really great at uh, investing? Or, and can I, you know, quit school? Because <laughs> uh, I was, I mean, like, every kid's dream is to like just, quit school and play the whole day and yeah. you know hopefully find something where you can just be really, really be lazy about it and you know i mean the idea of like making money using a computer was really uh, very alluring mm. uh, was very attractive to me as a young kid so i went for a seminar and you know, i learned about uh, value investing and I, I just never looked back so i was very blessed um, to be able to meet the people who have uh, taught me the way of uh, educated me the, uh, throughout my entire journey and uh, that's how I met Kelvin. Right, right. Kelvin's right. my co-founder. He actually introduced me to the concept of uh, growth investing and really uh, having the discipline to buy uh, companies and hold them for uh, a long time. And that's where my results started becoming better. Right. Yeah, so that's my story, how I got started, right. like from having like circumstances to becoming really uh, financially motivated to uh, being really hungry to want to learn how to generate uh, another source of income. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um your, your story is very good. I think a lot of our audience will relate to that, like starting up in life with almost nothing. But um, I know investing takes some form of capital to start with. So as a young 16-year-old, how were you able to um, get capital to consistently um, invest? Right. So I think there has never been a time where students can make money in the history of life. Like, <laughs> I mean, let me just, let me just explain right yeah. before people start. Oh, are you sure? So... I think right now it's really easy to make money uh, because of the internet. Right. Right. I'm sure like if uh, you guys uh, probably uh, your listeners or yourself, uh, you guys actually follow this guy called Gary Vaynerchuk. Right. So he will, Gary V. So he actually yeah, yeah. recommends people to go to garage sales. Mm -hmm. Right. So for example, let's say if I can buy, uh, um, let's say a basketball card yeah. for like maybe $5 and I can sell it on $10 right. on eBay on Amazon, so I can really flip. This is what they call flipping, right? right? right. So I have another friend who's called Daryl. So what he does is that he creates very nice like photo frames. So his cost is about uh, $3, but he sells it at $3. Oh. Yeah, so you know, you can easily just make seven times your money just by flip, flipping, right? right? Um, so I think a lot of people don't realize like how valuable they can be to others, right? right? So for example, like uh, Nana, let's say, so I did one thing in university, which was to do uh, food delivery. So my school is in uh, Expo, right? I mean, for international crowd. Basically, Expo is a very, um, uh, it's a place where it's quite, 
it's not heavily populated. Mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's kind of like uh, surrounded by a lot of industry, yeah. industrial factories. So, you know, a school in this kind of area is, is really quite uh, unheard of. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't yeah. really have a lot of like uh, nice uh, food options. Yeah, so a lot of people, they were getting really sick uh, of eating See, the, can the yeah, food in the yeah. canteen. So I knew there was a problem, right? And so what I did was I actually went to like the nearest uh, food caterer that's nearest to my school. Right. I negotiated with <laughs> the, 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 the lady right. and, I, and, I, and I told her, what if I can give you 100 orders? Can you bring down your price from $5 to $3 for me? Whoa. Yeah, and everyone knew that they were good. And everyone uh, usually, let's say after school, they'll go there and buy uh, their food for, for $5. So what I did was, I told the lady, you know, why not just uh, deliver it to me? I will secure 100 orders for you. Wow. Yeah, so I knew everyone was painful. I, I, knew, I knew the pain point, right? So what I did was I actually uh, sent out an announcement, mm. right, to my class. So I started, I started with my class first and the response was crazy. So in a day, I got about uh, 100, 100 orders, right? So the thing about it is when I asked my classmates, my classmates asked if they could share it with their friends from other classes. Right. Right, so I was sending like a Google form and I was quoting all the orders. Wow. Right, so I was selling it at $4, right? I got it for $3. So wow. it, it made total sense right? because you know, they do not have to travel out to buy food. Right. And it was, they are getting the same food, but they're getting it cheaper. Right. Right, so it was $5 outside, but now in school, I delivered it to them. They're getting it at, at $4 right. and I earned the difference of $1. And you know, you're just making like 100 bucks every day just by being like the middleman. Mm. I think a lot of people, they are afraid of uh, selling uh, because they feel that um, they feel bad right. about it, right? But sometimes when you truly believe that you're solving a pain, you're solving an inconvenience, and I saw how painful it was for my classmates, right? right? I, I felt good. I didn't, feel, I didn't even feel bad. I felt so good because everyone was enjoying their food. They saved time. They don't have to travel out for 30 minutes, right? right? So, you know, that's how I... Uh, that's how you can actually make money in your school. Um, that's, there, there's also another avenue, like let's say you're more of like the, the geeky kind, the nerdy kind. You know, you're not a very people's person, you're more uh, academically inclined. Um, I'll consider, I will consider myself uh, this kind of guy like back then. You know, I, wasn't, I was more like an introvert, right. I, I prefer to keep things to myself. So there are a lot of competitions out there. Right. They're called hackathons. Mm. I'm not sure if you heard of yeah, yeah, this yeah. system. I think it's very popular among the universities. So what happens is you go to these events, right. they will give they'll show you a problem and you have 48 hours yeah. to solve it. So it's right. it's really a very uh, I think it's a very high pressure environment in a way because everyone's uh, very motivated right. to win. Everyone's very motivated to want to win the cash prize. And the beauty about this uh, competitions is that it kind of um, develops you as a person, right? right? Speaking skills, um, problem solving skills, um, you Okay, so the best thing I like about these hackathons is that you can, once you win, you get a cash prize, you can do anything with the cash, mm -hmm. right? You, you are not obligated to go into a contract right. to fulfill certain things, right? So me and my friends, me and my team of friends in year one, uh, in the semester, we took part in seven competitions. We won five. Wow. Yeah, so we raised uh, $40,000. Whoa. Yeah, sing dollars. And we got a free treat to Taiwan as well. Right. So, um, you know, it was, so here's the trick, right? If you win a competition, right, you know the slide, you know the pitch, the slide deck works, right. right? The slide, the pitch, the pitch deck works. You know the idea works. Yeah. You can 
use the same idea, repurpose it into other competitions. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, it's, a pro- yeah. it's an idea that's proven to work, right. proven to succeed. So um, that's what we did. And, you know, in the span of like three months, five competitions, $40,000, a trip to Taiwan, just like that. Wow. Yeah. So that kind of blew my mind. Right. And, you know, there's never a time in history where it's so easy for students to get money. To get money. Yeah. Right. Like you don't have to work like how I did when I was 16 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. Working, slogging out, trading your time for money for something that is very, very simple that doesn't really add value to my, right. my, uh, to my worth, right? Because it's, it's not, I mean, being a waiter, being a server, yeah. doesn't, it's not really a very unique skill, right? But, you know, trying to have problem solving skills, right. um, you know, it, it really makes you stand out, right? Mm-hmm. Not just um, from the crowd, right. but from the, from very practical point, uh, from a CV point of view, right. right? If I were to hire someone, I'd rather get a B student. Like, let's say if I'm, I mean, we, we do look at interns nowadays, right. right? So we hire someone, I'd rather hire a B or C student with, who have won a lot of competitions as compared to an A student who has no experience right. um, in winning any competitions right. at all. Right. Yeah, so, you know, that I feel is like, the greatest thing that anyone should totally exploit right. Right, because it's free money uh, as a student. The status of being a student is like the best status. At, right. Like it gives you the most leverage, right? Because when you tell someone that, hey, you know, I'm a student, I want to learn from you, immediately you'll lower their guard, mm-hmm. right? But if you were to tell someone, oh, I work from this company, I mean, let's say if you have graduated, yeah. and you say that I work from this company, I want to learn something from you. Yeah, immediately they'll be like, oh, yeah. what is this yeah. guy trying yeah. to get out right. from me? Yeah, and I think when you're in a school, um, you get a lot of free resources. Right. There's a ton of resources that's being untapped. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, answering your question, I have university friends who started with as little as $500. Um, I think there's never been a time in history where it's so accessible to invest. Right. Right? I was just pulling, I was just doing up an Excel sheet. And you will see that most of the stock exchanges in the world, right, they have lowered the minimum number of stocks you can buy at, right. at one point of time. So let me just explain what I mean. So back then, if you wanted to buy a Singapore company, right, you had to buy a minimum of 1,000 shares. Yeah. Right? But over the years, the Singapore Stock Exchange has lowered this minimum from 1,000 to 100 right. shares. Right. Right? So you could, let's say if a company is like $2, for example, you only need $200 to get started. Right. In the US, it's even better. Right, US you can buy a minimum of one stock. Right, so literally you could use like ten dollars and you can just get started. Like right. you can buy your first stock. Yeah, but obviously I wouldn't ask people to just buy one stock because you be eaten up by commissions. I mean, in the European stock market, your German, if I'm not wrong, your um, your Frankfurt stock exchange in Germany, right? Minimum one stock. Right, so a lot of stock exchanges have a minimum of only. Uh, minimum quantity of only one stock, right? Right. So it's so accessible. You can get started with mm. very little amount of money, right? So the thing is, people ask me, "Hey, but John, how can I be rich with only two hundred dollars?" So the the hard truth is, you can't. You can't. It takes time. Like like you know, when you run a marathon, the first thing you got to do is you have to buy a pair of shoes. You, right. you have to wear. It starts with one step, right? So rather than trying to think about that few hundred thousand steps that you have to take. Just take one step at a time. You know, keep trying to compound your wealth. Um, if you look at the world's richest um, people in the world right now, right? So I was just looking at the 2019 Forbes list. First up is uh, 
Bezos, okay. Jeff Bezos from Amazon. Second is uh, Bill Gates. Then you have uh, Warren Buffett. Then you have, um, so along the list, the top 20, you have like uh, founder of LVMH. So basically you, you have the founder of Google. So these are people who are either investors of companies right. or they are the owners of the companies themselves, right? So they're all shareholders of right. companies, right? So, you know, if statistically it has shown that people who become really wealthy are owners of companies mm -hmm. and they're owners of companies not for one year, right. not for five years, but for mm -hmm. a long time, right? So you look at Google, easily at 20, 30 years, Bezos from 1999, easily 20 years, right? right? Buffett, 50 years, <laughs> 50 years mm -hmm. is like the hallmark of what it means to be long-term, right? right? Bill Gates started Microsoft in 1975, if I'm not wrong. Yeah. So, you know, statistically, it has shown that if you hold companies for long term, you can be rich, right? You don't see any um, Forex traders on the Forbes no. top 20. You don't see any short term traders, right? So, you know, I want to always learn from people who are successful, right? right? So, I know it's tempting to with a small capital, it's very tempting to do uh, things that are very short term right. that um, that can make you a lot of money. But you want to question yourself how sustainable it is. Right. Right. So for example, uh, back then I was doing uh, day trading. Uh, so what happened was in university, I saw I I I had a roommate, right? I'm not blaming my roommate, I'm just sharing my story. Right. So he was always very fixated to the screen. Right. I was like, hey man, like why are you staring at the screen for? So I was just going nearer to him and I saw that, oh my God, the stock market is like moving every single second and it's like huge movements, right? Because we were looking at uh, day trading. So he was showing me how he could make two to $500 in two minutes. Wow. Right. And as a young guy back then, I was like, oh my God, like if you can make $200 in two minutes, how much can I make in an hour? And you start thinking of yeah, like, yeah, it's green, I think green is setting in, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's the FOMO is real, yeah. man. The fear of missing out is really real. So I started this journey of trying to you know, uh, make money in the short run. And I realized that you can make money fast, but you also lose money fast, right? And can I replicate, for example, if I put in $100, so what I could do is I could make $500 out from this 100 bucks. So that's a, uh, that's five, five xing money. Yeah. Right? I can make five times more money. But I asked myself, can I replicate this when I have $100,000? Can I replicate this when I have a million dollars? And I thought to myself, no man, no way I'm going to put like, let's say if I have a million dollars, no way I'm going to put $100,000 in a trade right. like this where the thing goes up and down. I think I'll go insane. So that's where I realized that, you know, there's no shortcut, right? You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere small. And the only way for a young person, I feel, is to really focus on the skill, right? Focus on skills that can generate new cash flows. Right and learn how to invest so that when you have the cash, it doesn't sit in the bank rotting, right? right? So that you can deploy that cash and you can invest for the long run. Right. Yeah. So I think the most uh, lucrative skill out there right now is like marketing, sales. Um, obviously, if you're not like an extrovert, like I wouldn't consider myself like as, as a really, uh, um, as someone who's very inclined to sales or marketing. Right. Like if you're like me, you can do something like what I do, so do competitions, or you could really, let's say if you're, you're a kid, you're a total nerd, you can right. even design websites for people and charge a few thousand dollars for right. it. Right? Or you're like a photo, uh, videographer or photographer. Right. 
photographer, you can do like events for people and charge a few thousand dollars. So it's about finding the skill that, finding a high income skill that can generate you cash. And I think the number one um, thing for young people is that they, they feel that they are not worth what they produce. Right. For example, just by saying, um, designing a website and charging thousands of dollars for it, I think it will set, it will shock some people like, oh really, like, you know, I can really um, design a website and charge thousands right. of dollars for it. Like, will people really pay me for that? So there'll be a lot of this kind of self-doubt. Right. So I think end of the day is about putting things in perspective. Right, so let's just uh, maybe use an example of uh, designing a website. Yeah. So for example, like if I can design a website and the website gets a million dollars of sales to my clients, right? Because it's so nice. Um, the entire checkout process is very smooth. There's no bugs. You know, people love it. So what is that? One or two thousand dollars? Yeah, to the client. To the I mean, client, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're, delivering, you're delivering a value that's worth a few hundred thousand right. dollars or it could even be like a million dollars. Right. So what is... So what's that few thousand dollars that you're charging, right? So you have to be very clear about what's the value that you're providing. Right. And the day that you realize and believe the value that you're giving is the day where you can start charging higher. higher right. right. So I always tell people, if you don't put a price tag to yourself, the world will never give you a price tag. Wow. Yeah, you have to put a price tag to yourself. So start asking yourself, how much are you worth an hour? How much are you worth an hour? And I think when you start thinking like that, right? I'm, I'm not saying in an arrogant way. It's not like saying, oh, you know, no, no, I'm worth $200 an hour. I'm not going to talk to you because, right. you know, you're not worth my time. No, I'm not saying that. But rather, when you start charging for services, you must have some self-worth, right. right? You must know what you're giving, what's the value that you bring right. to the table, right. right? Because I think sometimes in school, we've been through the education system and sometimes we feel that we have to work really, really, really hard to earn that $4,000 right. a month after we graduate or $5,000 a month, right? And from there, we kind of feel that, let's say we start charging anything more than that right. and I don't work the same amount of hours, I feel that I'm overcharging, right? So, there's a very, uh, you know, that, I mean, it's kind of like an irony, right? If someone can do a really good job in three hours versus someone can do the same job but for 10 hours, Somehow the guy who does it, who, who takes 10 hours, seems like a more hardworking guy. Yeah. He seems like a more uh, productive guy. He seems to be like a more down-to-earth, you know, uh, or what people will call it, like, uh, uh, he, he works, he, 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 he works hard for his yeah. money and, and he seems to be better than the guy who takes three hours. And I think that's kind of like a very wrong mindset, right? Because, I mean, when we're in the education system, the more we study, the better our grades right. are. So, the, the return is um, incremental, right? So we feel that we have to put 10 hours of studying to get the A grade, right? But in the, in the outside world, it's not about that, right. right? It's not about the hours of time that you put in to get a certain X amount of money, but it's rather the value that you put on the table. I think, I think from what you're sharing, I, I'm, I'm, I'm learning a lot, uh, especially uh, when you were starting out. Uh, you did mention that find a skill that you can, that can provide value to people. And I, I believe there are so many platforms where you can uh, learn a few skills. Udemy, yes. you, know, you, can, you can learn um, website designing for just under $20. Some of us is even free. You can go to YouTube. I mean, YouTube is like the best teacher. Or Google is the best teacher. Um, you have like, uh, for example, um, like for example, if you want to learn about uh, 
Adobe, yeah. right? You want to learn how to like Photoshop, uh, photos or edit videos. Yeah. I'm sure that there are really videos that's being done by the right. company itself, right? And there's a lot of free resources out there. Right. Anything you Google, you can find the answer. It's whether it's, it's, it's about how willing you are, how hungry you are right. to wanting to acquire that skill that will last with you for the lifetime. Right. Yeah. Now, now, I want to go into um, how you um, started as a co-founder of um, 10x Capital. Right, right. I mean, it's it's an amazing story. Trust me, guys. You should, <laughs> you should go to Facebook and, 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 and check them out. It's a very solid community. Um, I want to know uh, what it takes right. know, to be able to have uh, a community as such and whereby you're constantly providing value and people are willing to pay for that value. How? What, I mean, what, 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 would you, what would you say are the essential things you need to know or to do to put up something of that magnitude? Right. I think the number one thing is that you must really care for your customers. Right. Um, that's the perk of being an investor because when you find to be successful companies in the stock market, so usually these, these uh, founders, they will always write letters to shareholders. So one of the letters that we read is from Jeff Bezos. Right. Right? And Jeff, if you look, if you read his 1999 letters where he first started, he said that it's always about customers. Right? It's always customers first, mm. profits later. Because if the customers are happy, they'll be coming back. Right. And I don't have to worry about my profits. They'll just come naturally. And the problem with a lot of people is that they are very short-term minded. Mm. Right? They just want to make a company to a level where they can just sell it off. Right, they don't build businesses to last for the next 10, 20, 30 years. They just want to have an exit plan. And your actions are a reflection of your thoughts mm. and your beliefs. Right. So the way a person um, builds a business, so a person with a long-term mindset, the way he builds a business is very different from someone who just wants to build a business to become rich to cash out. Right. Right. So if you want to do it for the long term. I think it's always about the customers. Obsessing over the customers. Um, that's why you always, you, you see us recently, we, we do send out like uh, 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 survey forms. So yeah. We try to understand like, what, what is it that you guys want? What's like the greatest pain that you guys have? Like, how can I solve that for you? How can right. I make your life better? Right. How can I increase your chance of success? And that really matters to us a lot. And I think you can't lie. Like you can't, you can't lie about how much you care about mm, your customers. Yeah, like, yeah. like they can feel it, right? So anything that you do, right? Think about how you can add value, add value to people and how you can care for them, how you, how you make their lives better. And when we met a lot of uh, management uh, CEOs when we we're investing, because we do, when we invest in a company, we do call up the CEOs, to kind of ask them about uh, growth plans. Yeah. So the one thing that we always get, right? When we ask the CEOs, like, you know, Actually, what made you to be so successful? Mm -hmm. To you know, how, how do you get to where you are today? And the number one thing is always about, you know, actually you just have to do one thing, spend a lot of time doing that one thing, be really good at that one thing, and do it for the rest of your life, doing that one thing. And you can be very, very successful. Mm -hmm. So, you know, for us, it's all about doing that one thing, which is focusing and obsessing on the customers. So I feel that, the day that we stop doing that is the day that we will fail. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I think for anything that you do, right, 
as long as you care for customers, you feel you, you genuinely want to make their lives better. It's the day where you stop feeling bad about selling. It's the day where you feel bad about you know charging people. In fact, you feel good because you know you're yeah you're probably then yeah you will be willing to pay. You know, um, um, I I know getting to this level hasn't been easy. Would you want to share some challenges that you face as an entrepreneur, which our audience can look out for, and right. how you can overcome that when they when they hit that barrier? I think number the number one thing is always ego. Uh, <laughs> it's always trying to be data driven. So, for example, when a problem comes and you want to find out what's the best way to solve it. So some of us can have very strong opinions. Oh, this is the only way that can uh, solve a certain issue, right? So now when we have this kind of meetings, right, the first thing we will do is we'll say like, you know, why not let's just try it, test it, and see what the data tells us. Right. If, the data, if the data says it's not good, then let's move on to the next one. There's no ego, there's no pride. Mm. On, you know, we don't lose face over it. Right. It's, it's really just acknowledging that we are human. Mm-hmm. And we do, we do not always have the most perfect solution at, right. at all times. And we use data to guide us. And mm. I think being data-driven is really, really hard sometimes when sometimes we have certain beliefs because of whatever happened in the past. Right. And we think that certain things are the best. And because of that uh, tunnel vision, mm. right, we tend to miss out what could have been better. Right. Right. Yeah, so I think another thing is also to... Uh, be long-term about it, mm-hmm. uh, to have a long-term mindset. Because you start to see people in the industry, they might not be doing uh, what's best for their customers, but they're earning really huge amount of money, right? As compared to what they're doing. So it's really about trying to see, stay put and you know, stick with your principles and values that, you know, it's not, that, it's, not, it's not saying that I don't earn money, but I mean, I, it's still a business after all. You have to earn enough money so that you can pay for your employees, you can pay for your uh, rent, you can pay for whatever you're doing, right? So that, I mean, life won't be miserable, right? Um, but, but it's about, are you giving enough value to your customers? If you charge, for example, $10,000, are you giving $20,000 of value, right? It's not about giving $10,000. Giving $10,000 of value is not enough, right? That doesn't differ- differentiate you from the others. But you want to give more so that they feel that, wow, these guys are really great. You know? I, in fact, every time I pay, I get more than what I have. So this gives them the confidence to keep buying from you, to keep being a loyal customer, right. keep being wanting to be part of the tribe. Yeah, so that's something that's uh, really, really hard because when you see people making more money doing the things that are not so ideal mm. for like the long term vision, right? It, it 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 makes you question yourself like you know why am I doing this? Uh, am I doing the right thing? So I think doing the right thing is also uh, and having the long term mindset is really challenging, and that's why you really have to be uh, very you have to be very clear on why you first started out. Yeah, but, but do, you, do you also think that, um, uh, I mean, or did you ever have this, what should I say, if you're very too complex, whereby you look at your age, and, I mean, you, you look at your age and you see the audience or the people you are trying to serve and feel that, am I good enough? Do you kind of <laughs> come to that point? So, everyone who first started out will always feel that way. For example, um, an 18-year-old kid or 20-year-old kid, like, you know, come out and, um, to provide a service to receive money from that and you know there are always obviously there will be people be saying like you know you're so young like what, what do you know yeah. you know I kind of disagree uh, age doesn't mean that you are 
knowledgeable. Mm-hmm. Age doesn't mean that you're wise. We have, we have seen a ton of people who are old and they're grumpy and they're negative mm-hmm. about life, right? We've seen a ton of people who are young, helping older people try to learn about uh, invest. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, in, investing, coding, programming, learning how to use a computer, uh, creating websites, taking videos, taking pictures. You no, know? so I feel that as long as in in the in the area of coaching specifically, right? As long as you're helping someone go from point A to point F, and you're helping someone to grow. There's no reason why you can't be a mm. teacher, right? There's no reason why you should think that you're lower than anyone, right? So you may not be at point Z, right? So a lot of people who have reached point Z, they will not be bothered to teach people how to go from point to point F, right? Or even point A to point uh, S, right. right? So you're someone who is there to help people go from point to point F, and mm. that's all that and that's all matters. Right. That's all that matters. Right. Yeah. So that's how I overcame it and when you start saying how you can help people get success, you start becoming more confident. Mm-hmm. So it's these little small uh, little steps of success that builds your confidence. And I think as long as you know that you're doing something right and you're really helping people. So that's why I keep talking about a point where you must really genuinely feel that you're wanting to help people. And right. this, as much as this is, as much as you're getting paid, right? It shouldn't really be for the money, mm. right? As as much as you need the money to you know, sustain, but if the reason why you're doing a certain thing is because of money and money alone, will not last very long. Okay. Right? So it must be something that you like. Must be something that really gives you true gratification, and that's what makes it uh, really long term, and that's what can help you tide through this uh, period of self doubt, mm. where you feel like you know, am I good enough? But when you realize that, hey, actually, you know, I'm doing this because I really want to help people. There's no ill intention behind it right then you know you just keep going on teaching and carry on doing what you're doing we have come to the end of this podcast i hope you have enjoyed and learned something from it i hope this podcast inspires you to take on your entrepreneurship journey and live life to the fullest just like what i've done if you like nana follow him on social media i'll be attaching links in the podcast details if you like this podcast the biggest way you can give back to me is to share this podcast with more people and i'll be truly grateful to you if you can drop me a review on this podcast and it will help me a lot into reaching out to more people if you want to interact with me follow me on instagram and facebook by searching jang the investor that is j-a-n-g the investor. I will see you in my next episode.